think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of End of Regulation. Tonight is a special episode for all of us, well primarily me, but uh, I will be broadcasting from the promised land, the previous promised land so to say, from Roanoke, Virginia. Quick fun fact, it's all four of uh, the host's alma mater. So Mm -hmm. without further ado... Go Maroons. Go Maroons. (laughs) Without further ado, we'll go ahead and introduce the rest of the host. The biggest Maroon fan of them all, the kid behind the mask, the Maroon himself in college, Brent Jernigan. How we doing, kid? College golfer, hand up. Uh, what's up, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Next on the mic, also made an appearance on the golf team before his bag was thrown into the dumpster, Harrison Grimes. How we doing? Yeah, me and Coach Landis are boys. Boys. Boys, boys. dude. That's, they just throw their golf clubs out in the fucking trash. <laughs> Last on the mic, a kid who was broke as a joke, Thomas Arthur Wells. How we doing? Uh, just like you said, broke as a joke. That describes me well right now. All these years later. Well, I'm hoping that um, if people continue to follow us on social media and follow this hot trend that we're riding, and if Blue Balls Technology sponsors us, you might be getting a paycheck in the mail shortly. I sure fucking hope so. But with that Blue being, balls and bush beer. Yeah, with that being said, make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We will continue to keep you guys in the loop on everything that's fucking fantastic in the world of sports entertainment. So let's just roll through tonight's agenda. We've got the UFC 227. Tom and Harrison are going to give their takes, having watched it thoroughly. We're going to talk a little bit about the PGA Championship. Four new NCAA basketball rules that they have rolled out. A little bit of a structure on something that they will continue to work on, but we'll give you the insight on that. The Red Sox have cemented themselves atop the AL East. Tom is going to give you a quick hot take. We don't want to hear much more than that. The NFL season is here, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, We're going sir. to talk preseason, our favorites, the top 10, and everything NFL-related. And then lastly, we're going to get off to some banner because at the end of the day, it's about getting off. Indeed. <laughs> So, boys, UFC 227, let's talk about it. Tom, Harry, what do we got? Yeah. Tom, take it away. I'd just like to give a quick moment of silence for Cody <laughs> Nolove Garbrandt. Uh, this, so, just to sort of give an overview, the title fight, it was Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw, too, uh, for the Bantamweight belt. And Dillashaw, again, just beat the shit out of Cody, knocked him out cold, like, it wasn't even a fight, and you just you just hate to see that for somebody with as many fucking neck tattoos and like how much he talked about this fight and how the last night was a fluke or the last fight, excuse me, was a fluke, and then you just come out and get knocked out again, like it it's sort of Ronda Rousey esque, and like we might see Cody Garbrandt in like the WWE pretty soon if 
that yeah. she just re- retire. <laughs> I mean, what are you, you, you going to do? Get beat out if, of the octagon. If, if you lose to the to the belt holder twice badly, too, both the guy uh, that first took round your knockouts, belt. like he took your like, belt. He, he took your belt and then he literally just pushed your shit in twice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what what else can you do but just retire, man? Just you know, you just got to give it up at that point. And I got to say, if you've got tattoos like that, you better be a like a badass fighter and. You know, I like Cody Garbrandt. I'm just kind of bummed to see him lose, but man, you know, back to back to being a, a uh, what was he before? He's a I've, bouncer at some bar. Honestly, I, I've always found individuals with neck tats to be the softest of of. It's like they're putting on a front. Yeah, look at Neymar for instance. Guy is just softer than baby <laughs> shit. That's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. I, I was just about to disagree and say I, I haven't had the same experience. <laughs> not that I not that I have a ton of experience with people in neck tats, but in really? fact, Neymar really? is a good None? example. Ne- Neymar is a good example. Yeah, I but figured I'll, down I'll, in Florida they've got plenty of neck tats down there. <laughs> I, I mean, there are, there are some neck, neck tats floating around. <laughs> but I'll let you guys uh, finish up on the UFC. <laughs> yeah, okay. and then, and then and then the the other big thing. So obviously, so TJ Dillashaw held his belt. He's probably going to fight, it looks like, Dominic Cruz uh, for his next uh, fight. Who knows when that'll be? Probably like three, six months from now. Uh, but the other big news was Demetrius Johnson. Uh, hasn't lost since 2011. He's held his belt for since that time. I, I don't know how many defenses he's had uh, off he had the top like of my head. 12, but I think 12 or 13. 12, some, yeah. And the problem was is that he never, he never really challenged himself. He just kept beating guys that he, was already, he had already beaten before. Uh, and so we had Henry Cejudo, uh, who's a Olympic wrestler, uh, Olympic gold winning wrestler or gold medal wrestler. And uh, this was their second go around. Uh, the first go around, uh, Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse, whatever you want to call him, uh, beat him. And then the second time around, Cejudo it was a pretty good match. Went all went all five rounds. Uh, those guys are those guys just jump around like spider monkeys out there, man. It was pretty exciting to watch. These it, for context, these guys are 125 pounds, so. Uh, yeah, just just to put a, paint a picture. Literally, spider monkey. But but yeah. quick question: How long do you give yourself in the octagon against a guy like that? Against Demetrius no, Johnson, as long as it no takes time. for him to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like seven seconds. Yeah, yeah seven gonna, seconds. Hey, and um, in other big news, um, Conor McGregor is fucking back yes sir. let's go he's fucking back baby yes <laughs> ufc 229 las vegas yes october what sixth uh i think it's october 6th oh dude great. october 6th yeah, yeah i believe october. it's coming up that's gonna that's I coming actually, up soon that's two months i actually had the pleasure of chatting with my uncle this weekend who said he would be honored to come on and chat about this he's got some really serious uh insight and perspective on this fight he thinks conor mcgregor is going to get his fucking dick kicked in, um, but but obviously he has a much more logical and uh, methodical process behind that uh, conclusion, not just getting yeah. his dick kicked in. <laughs> we yeah, should I mean, def- we should definitely have him on. See the guy back. I mean, he is he is at this point, you know, mixed martial arts in general, UFC. Uh, He's electric factory electric. all the fucking time. And, yeah, and so, I love I mean, that he, he just walked I, immediately away. I'm interested again, you know, like right off the bat, just at the mention of his name, I'm now interested. Like I'll be watching for the next two months up until this fight. Mm-hmm. And, but in other news, you know, somebody who's coming back that's kind of been out of the limelight for a while. Uh, I know Nate Diaz is making his return um, as well as McGregor. This is somebody that I'm a little bit more surprised about, to be honest. Like, 
in terms of UFC, I think Nate Diaz is is over the hump. I think this guy is kind of like past his prime. He's gotten his dick kicked in and pushed in a couple too many times. He can barely speak English at this point from how Ugh. punch drunk he is. So Dude. I would love to get your guys' insight, but my uncle thought the same thing. He thinks this, it's just time for this guy to hang up the gloves. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on the it, – It's hearing Nate Diaz try to talk is, is a really tough thing. And and you saw like when Connor and him were doing their, their press tours and everything like that before their second fight, and even before their first fight, Connor was ruthlessly bashing the guy. Like he's like he's like Nate, give me a count to ten, and he's just like Nate can't even count to three. You know what I mean? The guy's just the guy's just taking a few too many punches. But I'll tell you what, he's <laughs> he's got a strong ass chin, man. I don't know if you watch those yeah. McGregor fights, but he he yeah, can he eat punches. Well, uh, so it's all setting up for the the, the trilogy fight, right? Yeah, that's yeah that's the rubber thing. match. It's like everyone says Diaz is over the hump, whatever. I I see why, but if he comes out and he beats Poirier um, at UFC 229, he's next in line to get the winner of McGregor Khabib for the belt. And like w- with everything that happened uh, at the last UFC with Brock Lesnar and DC getting into it, it almost seems like too good to be true that the UFC is starting to play the storyline role that you see in the WWE uh, a little bit more and more. And I don't know yeah. if it's just because the sport is gaining, you know, more and more no, followers. I, th- I think it's definitely on purpose. I mean, it's a money – I think people are trying to be smart, and you one of you, you would have to look at the WWE as one of the most respected businesses of all times. And I definitely think there's, like, some emulation at play with the UFC, you know, and Dana White. Yeah, but yeah. – where this is something the... we touched upon a couple of weeks ago or a couple of episodes ago where we said, does it seem like the UFC, after Brock Lesnar pulled that, it, it, was it seemingly that the UFC is picking up some of the WWE antics? And it seems like that's exactly where we're headed. I mean, it's a cash cow. Yeah, but I, well, I can't tell where the line is drawn between fixed fighting and just letting the guys, you know, let, letting them beef. be athletes rather than telling them the outcome. I don't really see any room for that with the ego and the money involved and the bonuses involved if you know if you perform well. I, I just I d- don't see it actually panning out that way. I don't know. I know what you mean. Well, on that note, um, let's talk about uh, starting tomorrow. Um, we got the PGA Championship coming up this week. Uh, Bella Reeve Country Club in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Tiger, I'll let uh, I'll let Harry take this this top point. What about yeah. Tiger? Can he get his fifteenth major championship? Uh, you know, to as much of a Tiger fan as I am, I'm going to say no. Um, a lot of the reason being is that you know in the PJ Championship, it's a little bit easier of a course, uh, and and so guys are going to be going really low. And one thing I've seen with Tiger, and even not even in majors, but just in, in all tournaments, he he tends to play well and get himself kind of in the mix, and then come Saturday, Sunday, he tends to kind of fall back. So I don't think he's going to get number 15. I mentioned this the other episode ago. I think we're going to have to wait until next season to see uh, if you can get it done, you know, at, at Augusta or um, wherever the Open is next year. Uh, but I, hopefully he stays in the mix. Hopefully he just makes a cut, makes it like a top 15 appearance. And, and, and I'd be, you know, as a fan of his, I'd be I'd be happy with that. So, uh, yeah, it is, it is a pretty, like, long uh, golf course. 
Uh, there's going to be some like rain this weekend, so it's it's going to turn into like a bomber's paradise, kind of like the original uh, U.S. Open that uh, Rory won back in the day, I think at Bethpage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, because of that, are, are thinking Rory is going to like shape up. I personally like it would be cool to see Tiger win. Um, I don't think Tiger's going to get it done. I think too many guys are playing well right now, like including like uh, DJ. It's going to shape up nicely for him. Uh, Spieth, you know, was playing hot. He just sort of faded on Sunday at the Open. Uh, Justin Thomas just won at the World Golf Championships, um, so he's coming in on a tear. Um, like I said, Rory um, Malinari, I don't think it's going to really set up super well for him just because he doesn't really hit it long enough. And then you got, you know, like Reed and Kepka. But uh, Rory leads the tour in longest, longest distance, um, almost 320 yards. I think it's probably going to shape up to be his golf tournament yeah yeah and and the interesting thing or the, not even interesting thing but the one thing i don't like about justin thomas even though he played really well last week at the bridgestone is is i i generally don't like the the guy who wins the week before generally speaking it's really it's just really tough in general to to win back-to-back tournaments and especially when the the second of those tournaments is a major so you know as good as justin thomas is playing i just I, i'm not too high on him he's not a huge long ball hitter either um but yeah i, I like the the dj is going to be right there uh spieth and rory I, I like all three of those guys to kind of be in the mix in the top five speaking of spieth uh i mean now that you mentioned his name i i personally don't think that this golf course is going to be one that that he wins on i think he's just going to get sort of outdriven a little bit yeah um but he is and this is going to be something that's talked about really every pga championship from now until he wins one which he's currently chasing the career grand slam this would give him all four trophies um he would be only the sixth player ever to do that and the list you know that he joins is obviously fucking incredible uh gene saracen who ended up winning five pgas actually i think and uh ben hogan gary player jack nicholas and tiger woods so um just you know insane list and like i said really until he wins a pga which could be this week uh that's that's going to be a storyline quick quick side note uh just circling back to jordan spieth uh absolutely love this guy i I continue to love him both on and off the course i don't know if you i don't know if you guys caught the video that's resurfaced recently due to popularity of him being interviewed and, and he's commenting on the haircut that he got uh, yeah. while he was over yeah, I did, I did. during the British Open. He's like, yeah, it was like nine, nine, nine pounds or something. Gave him 20 pounds. Like just, <laughs> just so casual 23 yeah. sitting on 23 mil, just continuing to live life. And, and I love the guy, obviously he's not, you know, yeah. 23 anymore, but he's, uh, he's, just I mean, he's only, he's it. younger than us. I mean, yeah. he's 24, 25 years old and, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're right. I think he is. I would, I would, I would love to sit around and talk about him forever. I mean, I think he is like a great dude. He obviously takes care of his little sister, you know, who suffers from like down syndrome or whatever. Um, he's, he's just a great guy. And, uh, like he's, he's a, he's a pretty fitting champion. Who knows how many more majors he's going to win. All these guys are good guys. I think though. So it's, it's pretty exciting time period. But uh, there are some underdogs, you know. I list I listed a bunch of uh, of the heavy hitters. Um, any guys that I did not talk about that you guys maybe want to see do well or think might have a chance on this golf course? Yeah, one one guy that I've enjoyed watching all season long, um, and I think he's ranked number eleven in the world is Tommy Fleetwood, uh, who fuck yeah, 
who like he just seems like such a good dude uh plays really well plays really consistent gets a lot of birdies so he's another guy that that definitely could be in the mix make a ton of birdies yeah so i mean and he played really well at the open Uh, i think he kind of he fell a little flat on sunday like like so many others um but yeah he's another guy that I'm, i'm looking out for one name that i i don't think is being tossed around as much this week has been justin rose uh, but he hasn't quite, you know, finished around yet, but he's made every cut. He's 18 for 18 this year on the season, and yep. he's finished in the top 10 in 13 of those 18 uh, tournaments. And so I think, you know, he might be able to squeak out this year. Uh, I know sort of what you hit on before where, like, finishing first or whatever in a major, the previous major isn't necessarily a good sign. But he was second in the open, and I don't know. I'm just a big Rose guy. Pull him for the guy. Yeah, he, he's about as yeah, consistent I mean, it, as it gets. I, I think his game is, is great for this golf course, too, so he definitely stands a chance. One uh one real dark horse I got is this dude, Justin Harding. And I was just, like, randomly looking through the field, and this guy has, like, been on an absolute tear. He's playing in, like, Africa, though. But... But he's he's won like four tournaments this year, and he's a super big, super dark horse at like three hundred to one. But uh, I might so you take I might put a little little bit of cheddar on him and you know see what happens. Gardner, what do you think? Uh, you know what, man? Honestly, I I unfortunately haven't been keeping up to date too much. Obviously, the guys that I've been you know keeping up to date with and and following through you guys is DJ and Spieth and and. Uh, Rory and all these guys, but somebody who's kind of fallen by the wayside that I think could be a serious underdog going in this tournament is Ricky. I love his style. Yeah. I love his style of play and I love his style off the, you know, both off the course and on the course. So uh, I'm expecting to kind of see him come in strong. I don't honestly know how much he'll be able to produce, but you know, he's one of those guys that's always been there at the top. You know, he's a fan favorite, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. This is a very Ricky golf tournament. Uh, Harry mentioned something earlier in the cast like um it it is being talked about a lot that like the all-time the all-time major scoring record is is going to be in danger here it is probably going to be a pretty low scoring pga championship uh ricky is a guy who makes a ton of birdies his his achilles hill every fucking golf tournament really but but especially majors is that he just cannot avoid big holes like almost all four rounds he's going to have a six he's going to have a double bogey possibly even worse he had multiple i think doubles and triples uh on the weekend at the at the british but uh yeah this could be ricky's weekend if he can eliminate that so i like that pick finally i think uh mainly because of just how much consistency he's like shown in majors this year and really going on the last two years now i think he has two top fives this year um, Tony Finau bombs the ball. Uh, super calm dude. Um, I think maybe this this could be his time to shine if everything falls in place. So I'm going with Finau as my like underdog guy to watch. I like that, that pick. That's a good pick too. Long ball hitter too, just like just no like uh, Rory and DJ. Uh, and well, and last and last thing before we move on, and that I think is going to be a big storyline too. And I saw this uh, the other day is earlier in the summer at Bell Reve, the greens were burnt out. Um, they had a ton of humidity and a ton of heat and obviously it's one of those things where everyone's playing on the same course so you know the conditions are the same for everyone but I'm curious to see you know they'll talk about it for sure during coverage uh, about how some of the greens are just in tough shape especially around the edges um, but I'm curious to see you know if that comes into play it looks pretty bad like if you're on, if you're putting from the edge 
you're going to have to putt through some some sketchy business. Uh, balls are bouncing around. Faster the better. Yeah. And it's just kind of irreversible the damage, or have they done everything yeah. they can to patch it, it up, or has it just been like? Well, yeah, it's been, you, can, it's you can't really lay down sod. Yeah, it's, it's so been you can't like really kind lay down sod heavy, so. Right. Yeah, with with greens, sort of once they're gone, they're gone. It takes it takes a lot of effort, like and like course shutdown type effort yeah. to to reinstall anything. So once you lose lose patches or parts of your greens, it's it's tough to get them to recover. But let's move on to some. We got some news coming out of uh, NCAA basketball world. Uh, Gardner, take it away. Yeah. So as we kind of previously mentioned earlier on, uh, the NCAA has basically rolled out four new rules uh, that have kind of changed the playing field for basketball, NCAA basketball, so to say, uh, and recruitment for NCAA basketball. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just quickly roll through these and then allow for the boys to kind of commentate on it and give their thoughts and opinions of whether this is a positive or a negative for the NCAA. So elite players can now return to school uh, if undrafted, but they must have attended or been invited to the Combine. Elite high school, and I say elite with air quotes around them. Elite high school and any college player can be represented by an agent. This is something that we're going to dive deep into. The NCAA is no longer uh, in charge of conducting their own investigations. I believe what I've kind of determined is that the FBI will conduct the investigation, hand it to the NCAA, and they'll hand out sanctions. Uh, the grassroots movement or grassroots basketball movement I should say is going to be much less of an influence now that they've begun to add restrictions on when coaches are able to attend uh, certain top 100 camps uh, they have to be given permission from the National High School Federation the NHSF uh, they need to be given permission to attend <coughs> high schools. so they're, they're starting to create a lot of limitations, what they think is being linked to a lot of the corruption that we're currently seeing in the NCAA. Um, so I'll let you guys take it from here and kind of give me your guys' thoughts and issues with this. Um, first first thing I'll say, I'm, I'm reading right now, um, all players who get invited to the NBA Combine but go undrafted will have the option to return to their former school. Nice. So that's that's like the rule number one. I don't hate that rule. I think it's mm -hmm. a good look. Um, as of this past year, I don't know. Um, some, there was something similar because uh, a player from Tennessee started to bring up my own school and just, you know, homebody here. But Admiral Schofield, um, he he sort of went through some, some draft um, processes uh, but ended up not going, you know, to the draft, I suppose. Um, so it's he didn't technically go undrafted. He didn't even go. But anyways, right. he returned back to school. Um, I guess now, so they've just evolved that rule and taken it sort of a step further. Now you can go through the combine and whatnot. And if you go undrafted, you get to come back. Um, then after that, like like uh, Gardner said, uh, elite prospects will now be allowed to have official relationships with agents. Uh, this to me sounds insane. Harry, what do you think? Yeah, the whole being able to have an agent is a huge, huge change to the NCAA. Uh, that was pretty much the biggest thing. You could have, like, I think guys had personal advisors who, you know, it was just another moniker to, to pretty much call an agent. But I don't really, I, I don't know if I understand the angle to it. Um, you know, obviously, from an agent perspective, he's going to want his guy going, you know, as quickly as possible to the NBA because for him, that's his payday, right? Uh, right. So I, 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 
it, I'm I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around what the end game for this is and, and why well, they would all of a sudden make this big change. Like he said, it is um, in this instance, which it's going to be up to the official body of like USA Basketball to determine. But only elite prospects will uh, be allowed to have these relationships. Right. Uh, this applies to elite high schoolers. Um, I'm uh, I'm assuming maybe this is just going to be four, five star athletes or something like yeah. that. Who knows? But this also, I'm not the one to this kind of also like borders into a lot of what we were talking about several episodes ago about paying college athletes and like where do you draw the line? So like okay, the best of the best are able to get representation, but what about D three swimming or or D one swimming? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to start to see some really kind of gray area when you have athletes who are maybe not necessarily providing as much incremental revenue to the college, but are still a huge contribution to the athletic program, not being given representation because they're not seen as air quote elite. Right. Yeah. yeah well, right. And, and, and that whole point is, is why there's that huge barrier around the pay for play um, and, and the, you know, allowing uh, colleges to pay their athletes, you know, right, especially if only such a small percentage of players are actually worth any money. I mean, right, they're exactly. just worth so much money. So this is a bit of a different take on it. And, and it's kind of interesting, too, because so what I read was that the agent has to be approved by the NBA PA, the Players Association, and he's pretty much got to be like registered under them. So it could be one of those things where they just want these kids to get like real advice on what they should do about their college career. Um, obviously, Absolutely you know, not. if you if you, it's if a you money get play. Right. Well, Anything that's is better than the current system. Right. I and I agree, and and I also think that's why it's great that they're going to allow them to come back to school if they go undrafted, because so many players will enter the draft, go undrafted, and then all of a sudden they're caught with their tail between their legs, kind of like, all right, well, I guess I got to go play now in China. Look at Jimmer Fredette. Uh, obviously, he's kind of a, an interesting example there. But um, and then and then they kind of lose track on on the ultimate goal, which is go to the NBA. But I think I think that whole like come back to school thing is being blown out of proportion so much because kind of like what Brent hit on, they have to first you declare, and then mm-hmm. you know months later is the NBA combine, and in that span, if you don't end up going to the combine, you're not allowed to come back and play. Right. You're, right. you're only a prospect, and like yeah. that's a, a lot of like a large percentage of players declare and then don't end up even getting to the combine. Like, only five players in last year's draft would have been eligible, um, or five players in Division One basketball were eligible. But and also, go ahead, sorry, finish that thought, Tom. I, I, I think that's just, like, the fluff of this legislation that was passed. This entire thing, to me, is just a money-funneling scheme. The NCAA has just wiped, you know, wiped their hands clean, and they, I mean, they were forced to, but now they're like, okay, you can have an agent. Um, the agent can pay you, and if anything illegal goes on, it's not our fucking problem anymore. But we, it does sound like but that. we have the power to get you in trouble. This but, is a like a major play for the NCAA, and like they didn't consult with, you know, the the NBA on this for one, who hasn't even approved the one and done rule. That's still in effect. So even these guys that have agents in high school are still going to end up having to go to college for a year. Like, their payday is going to kind of run out. I mean, even that first rule, though, elite players can return to college if undrafted, having attended or been invited to the combine. 
Like that is literally bringing back, you know, individuals that were still collegiate names, but just not worthy for the NBA yet. So they're going to still continue to sell tickets. Like all of this is just yeah. bringing back known names so that there's further brand awareness and further, you know, player representation. And they continue to sell tickets. Yeah. They continue to, you know, seats, asses in the seats and it's all money. I mean, this yeah. is just like making them even probably 10 yeah. times what they're currently they've, making. They've just but made I, a black market money stream right. into their pockets. But I think, I think it's easy for the NCAA to rationalize the, the, the reasoning behind it to say, Hey, you know, we'll give you the opportunity to come back to school and continue your education. Obviously from the player aspect, they're like, Oh, you mean you can just make more money off of me. But yeah. for their, for, from their side of the court, and this is kind of playing devil's advocate, you know, they're like, we're going to give you the opportunity to come back to school, continue your education, refine your skills, get another year under you, try it again, maybe, or, or two years, whatever the case might be. So from, from that aspect, I can see it, but you're it right. Fails, I mean, you at the end of the day, there's, there's, you know, there's something up the NCAA sleeve to, to make more money here. For sure. But I, I do like that point. Like if, if for whatever reason they come back and the, and the school farms them for a year or two years and they aren't able to get to a professional level, they've at least been brought back to finish their education yeah. and they can at least go out and apply for an actual job. I didn't I didn't think of that too. It might also give them like a, you know, a second thought to be like, hmm, do I really want to be one and done and declare and not make it? Like it, it might give these players a little more reason to stick around uh, longer at the universities, which I guess I guess is a good thing, right? Yeah. Well, uh, Brent, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, not necessarily. I've said my piece. All right. Well, I think uh, obviously these are issues that are still being refined. They're still working over all of the entirety of it, to be completely honest, it, it seems. Uh, these are kind of what they've set out as the initial rules. So we'll see how it kind of plays from here. Obviously, with gambling uh becoming legal these college players now being able to uh pick up agents i think we're kind of gonna see a world <laughs> shortly we're about to blow the roof yeah, off of college yeah. athletics seriously so uh, i think that's a perfect time to kind of end this segment and just roll into a quick kind of 30 second pitch from tom about how great the red sox are uh it's not a God pitch it. it's just a fact we're fucking so nasty we just swept the Yankees at home, and while that doesn't hold a ton of value in my eyes, uh, given all of the circumstances of the series, uh, I'm going to kind of just let the baseball season play out, so I won't stick around on it too much. Uh, each team sort of, you know, this is where the contenders form their identities uh, and also their biggest issues. Uh, the Red Sox, I think their biggest issue is their bullpen. Their bullpen fucking sucks. Um, luckily, our offense is fucking unbelievable. Best ever. Uh, two MVPs. You might have heard of them. Have you guys heard about J.D. Martinez? Yeah. Oh, um, that's right. I mentioned him. Hey, speaking of the other one, Mookie Betts um, is having a baby. I know. He, I think his fiance or whatever is pregnant. So, congrats. Congrats to, to Mookie. Mookie. I think every you know, 20-something female in the greater new england area died a little bit inside today but uh you know good for him but yeah i'm not gonna stick around on baseball that much just you know check in check back in a couple weeks when the playoff picture is shaping up and i'll give you everything you need to know about who's gonna win the world series thank you thomas really nice really appreciate thanks tom it. always thank you very much go socks
Well, go ahead and cue the NFL theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL is back. It has been a very, very long and dark road for the four of us waiting for the NFL season to kick back off. It is finally here. And I wanted to ask you guys before we roll into this segment, what are you more excited for, the actual season or fantasy football? Um, fantasy football, honestly. <laughs> Spoken like a college football fan. Uh, I'm not really. I'm a bigger Titans fan than uh, no Tennessee fan. No way. But I, I, no I, way. I just, I'm calling bullshit. I just like my that's, – that's a fact. That's just because they like suck my, now. Uh, All right, well, it sounds like chances. it sounds like Harrison and Tom are more excited for the actual season than fantasy. So why don't you guys, one of you guys, kick us off on the uh, top ten rankings for the NFL going into the season? Tom? Uh, yeah, so obviously Philly's on top, uh, defending champions, rightfully so. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are slid into two. These rankings are, I pulled off of NFL.com. Uh, Jags, Patriots, Rams, Vikings, Saints, Falcons, Packers, Steelers, Panthers. And I think the most surprising one here is the Jacksonville Jaguars at number two. No doubt. I'm Look, I'm not going to sit here and argue about the Patriots. The Patriots have their issues. Um, but, dude, Jacksonville is not that good. I think their defense <laughs> caught everyone off guard. But is Blake Bla- Bortles stinks. Is Blake Bortles the luckiest quarterback in the entirety of the NFL history? No, he's unlucky. He's bad. Yeah, I understand uh, that. But he's continued to hold his position, and he's sitting at number two going into the 2018. <laughs> also, the, Steel- the Steelers being at number nine while the Jags are being at number two is, is just insane, I think. Well, the Jags did beat him last year in the AFC Championship, yeah. so I, I understand that. But the, the gap isn't that big. No, yeah. yeah if you I, play that also- game ten times... Yeah. I think Pitt probably wins seven or eight times. I think the Steelers are definitely a top six team in the league. Well, uh, out of the three of you, um, we'll just quickly do like a quick thought on, on who you guys think is kind of the, the biggest threat, both on offense and defense, going into this season. Off that top ten list, so to say. Biggest offensive threat? Offensive and defensive. I would say a combination of the two um, is the biggest threat going into this season on that top ten list. I mean, I think the Eagles' offense is arguably going to be the best one. Yeah, looking at this, I, I think it's hard to argue that the Eagles aren't going to be the top offense. Obviously, going to get back Wentz, and Wentz was, you know, very easily in the MVP conversation from last year until until he went down with the injury. So they're going to get him back, and they didn't really lose any any pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Legarrette Blunt's gone, but uh, you know, he was kind of just a, a role player in the backfield. Uh, as for defensive Vikings, gotta give it to them. Uh, they're and, and I know no the way. and the Rams are right there, but Rams, yeah. it's the Rams. I think, dude, I think we can all Rams. agree on the Rams, dude. Uh, dude, I don't know if I agree, man. The Vikings defense is is something else. Stout. The Rams got a keep to leave and uh, and Dominican too. <laughs> yeah, to go next to Aaron Donald. Good Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald's is hold is held out right now. So that, obviously, obviously you have to assume he's gonna they're gonna get a deal done before the before the season starts. But uh, until then, you know, I, I don't know. I th- you're right, you're right. But I I still am gonna stick with the Vikings as a top D. Let's talk training camp. I know I'm excited about some of my uh, Titans rookies, but uh, who's who are some of the you know rookies around the league that you guys are most excited to see uh, with preseason games rolling around? I think my 
most excited pick here is going to be Josh Rosen. Uh, if you guys remember during the draft, he was super cocky, being straight up like, yeah, I know I'm the best. I can't believe I dropped to, you know, whatever pick he was with the uh, the Cardinals. 11th or something. The Cardinals, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's with the Cardinals. And, he's. I mean, it's it's his job to lose. I'm pretty sure he's walking in to – Well, Sam Bradford's there. He, he'll get hurt. I bet my life on that. He'll, he will <laughs> He will be on IR come September 1. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I just I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him back it up. Like he's got a veteran in Larry Fitzgerald. He's got a returning stud MVP candidate type back in uh fuck what's his name David Johnson. So I mean they do have some pieces out there. Um, I mean I'm he's he's gonna him. get plenty of uh PT uh this this preseason. So we'll see plenty of Josh Rosen. I think um good pick. I personally am excited to see um, anything Baker Mayfield can bring to the field. Um, I know that they're gonna, they're pretty content uh, sticking with Tyrod uh, for the first little while, but I'm, I really am excited to see Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And uh, then after that, I've uh, read extremely like good things out of training camp so far about Cortland Sutton, um, who is a wide receiver, like third round pick for the Broncos. Um, just apparently making some insane like DeAndre Hopkins style grabs. So I'm excited to s- sort of see uh, what the Broncos have to offer. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'm going to go. Uh, can I say Antonio Callaway? Are we, yes. Are we going to see him as a rookie? I don't know. Probably. Uh, in the yeah, preseason. In the, he, he traveled to New York, but uh, that dude's in a whole world of trouble. He, For all of you who do not know, he just got caught with – uh, marijuana possession at 2.50 something in the morning uh, in some random town in Ohio and they also found uh, bullet shells for a Glock uh, also in his car so uh, interesting interesting rookie that's another classic Browns draft pick but on a more serious note I as a Giants fan I know this guy's being hyped up to the fucking moon but Saquon Barkley man I, I you know everything I've read and, and seen out of training camp this guy seems to be the real deal Best player out of the draft, in my opinion, um, and so I'm I'm very 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 excited to see what he can bring to the table. I mean, no one's like gotten a, a glimpse of him yet, or at least I'm, maybe you have. Just just uh, in I like really train, yeah, anything. just in training camp videos and stuff like right. that. I've watched yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting to see him take the field. I mean, I think that's probably they, what most people around the league are objectively excited excited about yeah. rookie was. And and, and uh, to add to that, the Cleveland Browns and New York Giants play tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night at seven o'clock Eastern Time. All right, oh, yeah, twelve games. Oh tomorrow. yeah, preseason mm-hmm. starts tomorrow night. That's right. Uh, yeah, I kept thinking it was yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Well, before we roll on to the uh, preseason com- or week one, week two, I should say, preseason. I guess there was a game uh, last week um, and week one matchups. Um, just going to give my quick thought on rookies. I'm most excited to see. I know this is something we've talked about before, but. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm excited to kind of see him step into Baltimore, um, turn the city around, hopefully. Place is kind of a just shithole in my opinion. So anything that he can do to contribute to the city uh, will be a positive impact. And I think we all want to see Joe Flacco have that spot taken away from him. So would love to see everything he's going to do for uh, for that team in this season. So Mm. with that being said – we can talk about the matchups next week. There's a whole bunch of them, or we can just talk about 
our favorite teams as hosts and their mm-hmm. matchups in uh, week one. It's up to you guys. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I th- if, if you want to talk, you know, like personal favorites here, I think the Patriots have the biggest draw and probably the most surprising team of, you know, going into this season being the Houston Texans. Um because a healthy Houston Texans team on paper scares the shit out of me. It should. Um, just because of their defense, dude. They obviously JJ Watt. They have fucking Jadevian Clowney on the other side. Christian Covington, linebacker. Uh, they just picked up Tyron Matthew. And mm-hmm. if you remember last year when Deshaun rolled in as a rookie, he hung 33 on the Patriots and should have beat us. It came down to a, a Brady Hill Mary play to Brandon Cooks that won the game on like the last play. Yeah, in the corner of the end but, zone. But like the Texans easily could have beat us last year, and now they're getting a full healthy team. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough matchup. And honestly, with everything going on in New England right now, we don't even have a defensive coordinator. Matt Patricia is coaching the Lions, and we like promoted our linebacker coach to like defensive play caller. But nobody's actually calling him the DC, which is kind of weird. Um, and everybody knows all the ongoing shit with Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. So yeah, I'm a little worried this week. Well, nice. I'm glad to hear. I'll that. tell you. Yeah, who, me too. Who I'm worried about as well is is our New York Football Giants, Harry, going mm-hmm. up against that number two slot, Jacksonville Jaguars. You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I. I uh, I worry a lot the, about the Giants' defense. Uh, you know, they got guys like Landon Collins and Janoris Jenkins, Snacks Harrison and Olivier Vernon, Alec Ogletree, who just came over from the Rams. But outside of that, there's just a lot of question marks. Um, you know, who's going to play the other DN? And so, and and you're looking at a Jags offense that's pretty stout. Um, you know, they got rid of Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. They kind of torpedoed their receiving core, but they still have Leonard Fournette. They still have Dede Westbrook, who's going to be going to his second year. But I think it's going to be, I think the Giants can pull it out. Uh, their offense is healthy. They're, they're stacked on the offensive side of the ball. The O-line is definitely a question mark uh, with a couple new guys. Eric Flowers being shifted over to the right tackles position. Uh, they got a rookie starting a left guard. The guy's supposed to be a beast. But, uh, you know, we'll see. He played at UTEP, which went 0-11 last year or 0-12. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think we can dethrone that number two team uh, in week one. So. Going up against Tommy Coughlin too over there in the offices. I know, I know. Well, thank God we got that that you know idiot Ben McAdoo out of town. Big suit Ben. Idiot. Big what suit Ben. Idiot. God, what a what a tool. Well, Butt cut Ben. Last on the list for hosts teams. Obviously, we got the Titty Boy Titans versus the Dolphins in match one week. Uh, sorry, week one matchup. Uh, Brent, thoughts on that? Not con- not concerned whatsoever with the Dolphins. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please, uh, I just cannot stand Ryan Tannehill. I would love if my team played against him every single week of the football season. I can't believe he's still a starting quarterback Dude, in the NFL. Put back it's mind together. blowing. Tannehill two baby. Mind blowing. Can is it not Harry? Is that not like the it's most mind blowing thing in the world? How how is this guy still starting in the NFL? So I I love it. Um, I love my team's chances. I'm I'm excited to see uh, you know the split backfield between Henry and Dion Lewis. You know, bringing the thunder and lightning there. I'm excited to see what Lafleur can do with our offense and Mariota. Um, I think it's going to be time for you know Corey Davis to step up and shine. We got yep. you know um, stud tight ends between Jono Smith and Delaney Walker. 
um, I, I think our offense is going to be in a good spot. I'm, I'm excited to see like the new look offense, and the Dolphins do not scare me one single bit. So bring on week one. Shove it up your cram hole floor. Yeah, cram it up your cram hole floor. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think that's kind of all we've got in terms of the meat of sports discussion. I think we can roll straight into Banner, give these guys a little bit of humorous entertainment. I think the best way to kick it off, would you rather? These ones are not as grotesque or as mind-boggling as the last ones, but still get you thinking. Would you rather give up? <laughs> Thank God. Would you rather give up hygiene for an entire month, so no brushing your teeth, no showering, or give up technology for a month? Uh, I'm giving up technology. De- yeah, definitely technology. Absolutely. I just wouldn't have to do any work. <laughs> yep. I just yeah. tell my I like her, I, Sorry. I, I picked a I would you I can't I come in. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do a podcast, and my, my buddy asked me, so now I, I can't work. <laughs> well, on the, um, on the topic of technology, would you rather be able to control technology or animals with your mind? For animals. Uh, animals. Uh, actually, that's probably a bad idea. If from a world domi- <laughs> from a world domination standpoint, uh, if I could just like hack into like anything, like then yeah. Yeah, I think technology is the way to go. I don't know what the hell you do controlling animals. Like, what are you gonna have like a, you know, fucking need an army? Like, Dude, a fucking, fucking get mow it, you down? I would be, get it, I would be like fucking Aquaman. I would control go, every go in, animal in the yeah, ocean. I'd go into the zoo and I just have a fucking <laughs> army. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ever seen Planet of the Apes? Bro, uh, <laughs> read a book for me. All right, well, me that's, all I, uh, that's all I got for you guys this week on Would You Rather. The next segment that I have is a little bit of a tangent that um, I'm going to go on because it absolutely just made my stomach turn. I don't know if you guys heard the story, but breaking news as of today, uh, a man was arrested in New Mexico. He had abducted 11 children between the ages of 1 to 15 years old, all of whom were found to be extremely malnourished, and the remains of one dead child was found, uh, what they presumed to be his missing son, the, the guy that was arrested. What he was doing was training all 11 children to properly handle firearms, assault rifles to be specific and he was going to carry out 11 mass school shootings across the United States. So all I have to say is bring Dick Cheney's methods back and make this motherfucker suffer as much as possible. Because I I don't know about you guys, but this was like – the title that I have here is Horror Film Coming to Life because this is literally like a fucking scene from a movie. I I don't even know how to like take this information in, but it just got me so angry. And fucking go USA, honestly. I mean, dude, you you gotta lock all those kids up. How old are his kids? Like, they gotta one, one gotta years assume, old to fifteen years old. Yeah, they I mean, were, you gotta assume abducted. that they're fucking brainwashed and ready to kill at this point, right? Yeah, it's kind of fucked yeah. up to say, but I mean, shit. Well, you, you give them a taste out of American life, and I don't think they're gonna go out shooting anybody. Mm, that's wild. Yeah, crazy well, story. On a uh, on a more positive note, I know Tom had some thoughts. <laughs> on Mr. Titty Boy Don T, uh, who's gone off on a recent Twitter tirade, uh, would love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, I I really don't like getting political, really ever. But and I try and support the president just because he is the president. 
But there comes a point where it's just like, dude, what the fuck are you tweeting? <laughs> like, why are you <laughs> tweeting any of this? It's so bloody that that point has been like since like 2013. I know, but it's like now <laughs> it's starting like to like t- I feel implicate like I'm text him in messages from you. <laughs> it's just like I I don't know like I don't know where he's getting these things and like why he's calling things facts when they're not really facts. I'm a hundred percent now convinced that he doesn't quite understand at all, even a little bit, what climate change is, what it means, or how it works. <laughs> Um, as well as like major not. infrastructure in cities um, and countries, and I don't really know what he's doing, but like he needs to be added to that list of like scrub your Twitter. When we were talking about all the athletes that need to like go back and like rethink yeah. things, I th- I course. think he jumps to number one on that list immediately. Yeah, for any entrepreneurs or engineers out there, we got four brilliant minds that can create the business model. You just have to build the platform. We want to scrub all athletes' shit so that they don't have to deal with this embarrassing crap. I mean, send, uh, send me your account. I'll do it. For $1 billion. <laughs> That's a small fee. Yeah, small fee. Well, any other thoughts on that before we roll on? No. Nah, all righty. Well, the last thing I have here, uh, and Brent, I apologize. I know that this is a little bit outside of your realm. But uh, Travis Scott recently dropped Astro World. It was much anticipated. Guy has been kind of in the shadows for a while. He did a collab with, I believe, Quavo, which just was dreadful. Uh, and so he came out pretty hot with with this new album, and it's kind of really spun heads. Some people are writing articles saying he's one of the best to do what he does. Uh, after this album, he's completely changed his dynamic, his flow. Um, so would love to hear from either of you guys or all three of you, if any of you ever listened to it, uh, if not, we can go ahead and move on. Harry. Yeah, I thought I, I didn't have much, uh, expectation going into it. I'm not a huge Travis Scott fan. Um, but I, I, I actually liked it or at least I liked a handful of songs on it. Uh, you know, noting sicko mode, uh, 5% tent tint and skeletons. Uh, I thought overall it was a good album, you know? Yeah. I don't think I'd go to like a concert of his. I don't know if you've ever seen videos. They look insane, and I'd probably get trampled and, and possibly <laughs> yeah, killed. He's he's got a really weird cult following, and I'll say yeah, he does. His actual music himself, like the stuff that he did solo, I'm not a massive fan of. It's the Nuggets with like he had Stevie Wonder come on and play the harmonica. He had Young Thug. He had Drake. He had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Swali, Swali, uh, Swali, however you pronounce Swaley. it, Twenty One Savage. So the, the NC double, or sorry, the NC Seventeens, the Five Percent Tint, the Yosemites uh, of the world uh, in that album, I thought absolutely killed it. But yeah. uh, the other songs were a little bit out there, and that's just kind of like that's just kind of his style and his following, and they fucking love that shit. But Tom, did you get a chance to listen to it? Yeah, I I mean I agree. It wasn't like it didn't wow me. It just it pretty much sounded like every other Travis Scott song I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, and and, nice. and to your point, like yeah, he is he is talented. I think his production is insane. Um and like the you know, the the building of all the instrumentals I think is where his real talent lies and kind of like what you said putting on the show. But I don't necessarily know if it comes across that way in his albums. It sort of, I mean, nothing really stuck out to me. Um, 
Yeah, he's more of a performer than he is an artist. Obviously, but, the songs that stand out are those that he does with other people. I, uh, my official Travis Scott take, uh, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Thank you, Brent, for uh, Thanks, Brent. your yeah, expert thank opinion. Thank you, Brent. Really appreciate that, as always. Uh, well, we'll just go ahead and wrap up tonight's episode with some buzzer beaters. Harrison, we'll let you kick us off. Yeah, I got a I gotta shout-out today uh, with the PGA ch- uh, Championship starting tomorrow morning. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my new favorite golfer uh, out of the Euro Tour, Eddie Pepperell. Uh, it's about nine twenty, I think, in Kansas right now, or in, in Missouri. I mean, uh, so Eddie, I hope you're at a bar getting a few <laughs> getting a few cold ones in because I know that's how you play your best, buddy. Nice and hungover, get out there and, and just go low. That's right. Tommy Lasagna, what do you got for us? Um, one thing I noticed today: Little League World Series is back on TV. Um, and there's nothing I like more than watching a bunch of 12-year-old kids live out my dream um, <laughs> as a 25-year-old. Is that all you like yeah, watching them you do? You can leave the dream part out of that. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. But, no, seriously, it's it's cool to see, like, the stories now in the MLB of all these players. Like, they had a video of Todd Frazier hitting, like, four home runs in, in the yeah, Little League World badass. Series. And so, you, you know, you never know who – you might see on TV now that in, you know, 10 years is going to be playing major league ball. So, uh, you know, good for them. And, uh, little league, man, those were the days. Those are the days. Brent, what do you got for us? Um, I've got some real music, um, history. Uh, as of tomorrow, the day we release this podcast, August 9th, it'll be the anniversary of Jerry Garcia's death. Um, everyone knows Jerry Garcia, uh, guitarist and lead vocalist for the grateful dead so r.i.p did you buy a jar of jerry's ashes uh yes and then i definitely never mind (laughs) (laughs) very good very good well uh just because we didn't talk about it enough and and because brent loves it so much tonight we'll be playing you out to some astro world make sure to check us out on instagram facebook and twit sit we'll keep you guys entertained enjoy some Yosemite we out later, later. peace Dollars big hits, hop off a jet, barely get risked, catch through the mud and I get a check. You sell and run on my pants and my chest, Chanel address, clean up a mess, I eat a flesh, you know the rest, count up a hundred, couple Rolex, shine like the sun, you truly blessed. Who's on the tape, in the club more like a Uber DJs, yes it's on me, got my Gucci shirt wet, put an M in my bag, I'm getting used to the rest. I'm with this crew where they teach you for next, I hunt these shoes with a drip, I invest, I'm the boss man, I keep catching the dance, go to cool fast when they end with a S. Down that I'm home, back off the road, we shut it down, where they sold? Checks on the streets, J number four, send on my feet, put it on toes, take it with me, double your dose, covered with angels that's watching my soul. Jack out of bed, it's bigger window. Said I beat it in 10, but I got the info. I feel like I'm chosen. Nothing but fire, man. She hopped it and drove, 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 drove. Hands on my knee, 
Call us big hits, hop off a chick, belly get rich, catch through the mud and I get a check. You selling run on my pants and my chest, Chanel a dress, clean up a mess, I eat a flesh, you know the rest. Count up a hunt, couple Rolex, shine like the sun, you truly blessed. You talk with text, then these good boys like I Uber the Jets. Yes, it's on me, got my Louis shirt wet. Said M in my bag and get used to these dresses. I'm with this crew where they teach you finesse. Buy hundred shoes for the drip, I invest. I'm the boss man, I keep catching the dance. Go to cool fast when they end with an S. 